Welcome to today's episode of Compasses and Cocoons. I am Alexandria Taylor, and as always, I am happy to be here with you. I have been pondering and puzzling over what today to getting words together because it is Mercury retrograde and communication is off the charts in terms of how difficult and fuzzy it has been. Mercury goes direct tomorrow, I believe, and it definitely can't happen soon enough. Um, My previous episode, which I did at the end of June with my friend June, I created it, put all the pieces together, and apparently I didn't published that episode. Um, so I actually just published it uh, right before I started recording this. So yeah, Mercury Retrograde in full effect. Um, that's kind of what I want to talk about today. So the title of the episode is why are you so dot 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 and you know as I thought about what I wanted to say in relationship to how I've been feeling and what's been going on and where I know I am where a lot of people are um yeah it's been (laughs) interesting to say the least, 2020 has definitely been a crazy year of ups and downs and just unexpected or and or um, big, dramatic, life-changing stuff. Um, you know, the two biggest things being the global pandemic of which we are all a part and have all been affected. Um, The, I guess, new iteration of the civil rights movement um, with the protests about Black Lives Matter and police brutality and all of that. There's just been a whole lot and you know and that of course is on top of everything else that you know might be happening in our individual lives and collective lives and whatnot um you know I was talking to a friend not too long ago who was saying that you know her microwave stopped working and her fridge stopped working and you know, dealing with the companies to get those things repaired or replaced or what have you has been a Mercury retrograde journey and frustration and miscommunication and all those things. You know, she's got kids and, you know, the concerns about school opening up and what is that going to look like in the fall and 
you know, people still, of course, getting sick every day, um, still dying every day, unfortunately, all of these things. Um, and yeah, so you've got the planets doing what, what they do, and you've got um, life just happening all around us. And so I'm part of a couple Facebook groups um, that are, you know, spiritually focused and um, where people talk about, you know, astrology and tarot and chakras and um, all those things. And there have been a lot of posts recently asking, you know, is anybody else not sleeping? Is anybody else having trouble sleeping? Is anybody else getting in lots of arguments or experiencing a lot of tension in their house or in their relationships? And so, you know, all this has got me thinking because, you know, on most of the posts, people are like, yeah, you know, me too. Yeah, I'm, you know, haven't been able to sleep or I've been waking up early or... You know, I'm feeling extra sensitive or people around me are getting on my nerves or um, I'm getting on everyone else's nerves. And I feel like I feel like we're at a point where and, you know, some of us have been there for a while and um, even before the world essentially started falling apart in a lot of ways. Um but at this point where we're just tired, like, and realizing that things are not as they should be, um, yeah, we're just tired, whether it's having to work 40 to 60 to 80 hours a week, whether it's, um, you know, having more bills than money, as the saying goes, whether it's having to work at a job that is extraordinarily unfulfilling and even soul-sucking with people that you're not a fan of or doing something that, you know, doesn't fulfill you, doesn't speak to you. and uh, Or in my case... I love kids. I would work with kids for free if I could. I'm not independently wealthy, so I can't do that. Um, I would teach all day long. Um, But the struggle of the other stuff that relates to my job that makes it difficult to do and difficult to enjoy at times... um, and of course, I'm going. My mind is going to blank on the term, um, but I was reading about an article by a doctor that was talking about. I think it was something along the lines of um, moral exhaustion or something like that, where you get into a particular career because you love it, you're passionate about it, you're excited about it, and the systemic requirements and things that you face cause you to burn out. It's not so much the work that you're doing, 
but the struggles and resistance that you have to fight against that causes you to burn out, that causes you to, you know, want to stop. Um, because what you want to do, what you feel called to do is so disrupted by the politics, by the, um, by the frustration, the bureaucracy, the red tape, the other stuff that's added to what you're doing. So there's all of that. And like I said, so much more. Um, so many areas of life where we just feel exhausted and frustrated and pulled and tugged and often inadequate or even helpless. Um, yeah, and that's where that's where I at times find myself. That's where I know other people find themselves. And that's what I want to talk about for today's podcast. So I've stepped outside to uh, talk about this next part, uh, partially because nature is relaxing. So you may hear noises and things in the background. Um, but, you know, that, of course, is part of life. Um, I find it interesting when I listen to different podcasts and they try to excuse the background noise or talk about how bad it is or what have you. And I think it's a perfect metaphor for life. You know, you try to find these perfect conditions or you're working in the space that you have and there's noise, there's other stuff, there's other life and people and whatnot happening around you. Um, and I do think that's part of navigating this journey. And so here's where I find myself. The title of the podcast, Why Are You So? Why are you so tired? Why are you so frustrated? Why are you so tense or at odds with other people? At odds with yourself. Why are we where we are? I recognize that in American culture, the only culture that I can accurately speak to, as it's the only place I've ever lived, um, in American culture, we are not often taught to be super self-aware, to look within and figure out why we feel the way we feel. Things like meditation and mindfulness don't fit in with the, you know, um, push real hard and work real hard and, you know, be active all the time and you know, I'll rest when I'm dead and all those sorts of philosophies that tend to uh, characterize how 
we have been raised to live our lives. You know, there is no rest. There is no pause. Um, You tend to pause when you're made to pause. Um, You go hard all week and work your ass off. And then the weekend, you know, you're probably going to do errands because... The average working person doesn't have time to do them during the week because that's how things are set up. And so Saturday might be a day of errands and catching up on stuff for your house. And Sunday, it tends to be a bit more restful. So, you know, some church or some sleeping in, uh... Growing up, there was football, um, but there's not a whole lot of time and encouraged space for, let me sit and check in with myself. Let me see how I'm doing. Let me listen to myself. Um, Let me see how I'm feeling outside of moments of, oh, I have a flu, oh, I have a cold. Oh, my leg has been hurting for three months. I guess I should go to the doctor or see what's happening with it. Oh, you know, this tooth feels like it's about to split my head open. Maybe I should get it checked out, even though I've been procrastinating and putting it off. And I don't know if I have the money or I might have the money, but I don't have the time because again I work 40 hours a week and the time that the dentist is open is the time that I'm at work Um, so then I'd have to take a day or half a day and all these other complications Um, we don't check on ourselves we don't listen to ourselves we don't take time with ourselves until we're forced to until something happens and then We don't have a choice but to listen or to look at what's going on or to feel what's going on. And even then, you know, we go to a specialist, a professional of some sort, and get them to tell us what's going on. Um, And one of the things that I have been learning in this pandemic... um, And to some degree before that, but definitely in this time um, where all of life has been disrupted. And I know that I'm one of the privileged folks who can do some of what I do remotely and still uh, receive a paycheck uh, every two weeks and... You know, so then I have this abundance of time that, you know, I'd always ask for. But now when I have it, it's like, well, dang, what do I do with that? And what I have been choosing to do with it, for the most part, is to strike a balance between being productive. So working on stuff for work, um, trying to take some classes informally and learn some stuff. Building my business. um, Taking time to grow spiritually and really focus on that journey. 
Um, so balancing between doing those things and also just resting, um, recognizing that I might want to do 10 things one day and only have the time or energy to do three of them. And I recognize that within the system that's set up, that we can't always do that. We can't always say, well, I'm only going to do three today and good luck with the rest of it. Um, Sometimes all 10 need to be done or at least eight out of the 10. Um, But why are you so? I think part of that question, and I was listening to a little Juju podcast today. Um, Check her out. She has definitely given me all kinds of life since I started listening to her podcast. Um, But yeah, she was talking today just about the whole restructuring and all the racial stuff and um, how the world is changing and how... You know, there are people who go out in the streets and protest. And there are people who, you know, um, are more on the sidelines praying and um, holding down the spiritual angle. There's folks who donate and do things financially, um, you know, encouraging, you know, voting, all those kinds of political angles. But part of what also needs to be happening is dreaming about the future and dreaming about what we want things to look like and she was talking about it from the racial lens Um, but I'm thinking about it in in a broader perspective and the fact that there is so much change happening there's so much going on and you know, I'll talk about the school system because, again, something I'm very familiar with. The push is for kids to go back in the fall now. Even though in the United States, other countries that might work out fine because they've actually flattened the curve and, you know, there are money, there are less cases, you know, things are pretty contained in some other countries. The United States, we're going the opposite direction. Um, but the push is for kids to go back to school in the fall. Part of that is economic because parents need to be able to go to work. Um, there are some implications of that and some reasons behind all of that. Um, but there is not time in this podcast to cover all of that. But yes, there are people who have to go to work every single day, um, 40 plus hours a week in order to um, maintain their livelihood and be able to survive and they can't do so remotely have to be in person all those things so parents need to be able to go back to work there are certain educational standards that need to be met for political reasons for you know quote, accountability reasons, and so, you know, you can't have kids just not learning, you can't have kids, um, you know, learning at different paces and whatnot, Um, so kids have to go back to school, there have to be, you know, regulations and all those things in place, and 
you know, get back to this uniform way of doing things. Um, and of course, you know, why are we giving tax dollars to schools if they're not opening, if they're not doing their job of educating the students, all those things. Um, so yeah, the push is to go back. I can tell you right now, <laughs> I typically get a cold every year for my students, pretty much without fail for the last, what, three years that I've been teaching. It has never failed. At some point, I have been sick during the school year. Um, and that's just a cold. <laughs> so if we're talking about coronavirus, something that is that much more fatal, that is that much more transmissible, that is that much more dangerous, and we are expecting parents to be responsible and make sure that their kids aren't sick and coming to school, but that also, you know, they're social distancing, they're wearing masks, they're doing all the things. When we know from the news that there are people who refuse to wear masks, that there are people who refuse to take any sort of precautions and so you're going to send your kid in to hang out with me and the other students and basically playing Russian roulette as to whether someone gets sick and then infects a whole lot of other people and even with all the guidelines and things in place in school kids don't tend to know how to follow directions and so telling the kids, okay, you have to stay in your seat. You have to be three feet apart. You have to wear a mask all the time. Like, not going to happen. <laughs> it's just not. Um, and then a whole school gets, you know, put at risk. And then what? So we close the school and everybody does it virtually for two weeks just in case. And then, yeah, like... All of that. And again, that's just a small part of what is personally on my plate and on the plates of thousands of teachers and administrators and millions of parents and millions of students who are all thinking about these things and concerned about these things. Um, knowing that all virtual is not going to work for a lot of students. So I said all of that to say, there is so much right now at stake. There is so much right now that is exhausting and draining and taxing and that requires our mental capacity, that requires our emotional investment, that requires our spiritual awareness and energy that requires our physical attention. That's why we are so drained and so frustrated and so everything, so in need. And particularly if we do not have a centering practice or a centering space, particularly if we do not have any level of self-awareness and of self-care that helps us to navigate regular tough times, much less all of the stuff 
that 2020 has thrown at us. And so I'm going to use the last segment of this podcast to really sit out some tangible, practical ways of finding and creating space such that we might feel a little bit more empowered and we might feel a little bit more able to navigate artfully. So I know I went on a little bit of a mini rant in that last segment, um, but I'm sure that some of you can relate and echo the frustration of so much happening um, on the political scene, economically, there are concerns about where things are headed, and um, there are just so many questions and so many frustrating moments and scary moments surrounding where we are right now Um, and the things that I'm going to suggest aren't necessarily going to change all of that or make all of it go away and provide a magical band-aid that will fix all of it Um, but most of life the saying is that you know Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond. And I think that is 100% true. Because yes, things in life are going to happen. There are going to be frustrating moments. There are going to be traumatic circumstances. There are going to be so many things that life will throw at you and bring across your path and no you can't always change them or fix them or make them go away but what you can do is decide how you will respond decide how you will invest and spend your energy in those moments and in those occurrences and Decide how you will move forward beyond those points. And part of that for me has been to find my center and find myself in ways that have brought healing, in ways that have changed my outlook and changed my understanding of life. And I would argue have made me a stronger, better, more aware person. And again, even though the it didn't stop the pandemic from happening, it hasn't, you know, made all of racism go away. Um, but it has strengthened my temple and it has fortified me in moments that otherwise may have broken me or may have caused me further harm and 
So that's what I want for all of you. Um, that is why I started my business, uh, because I want to encourage people. I want people to navigate artfully. Um, that meaning I want people to be able to maneuver through life in ways that are affirming, helping them to rewrite their stories and helping them to transform their lives because that's what I believe in and because that's what I have seen and know to be true and know to be the way to get through <laughs> all this craziness um, in ways that are healthier than some of the ways prescribed by our society. Uh, so a couple of practical tips because the Capricorn in me uh, likes pragmatic, uh, tangible homework, if you will, or action steps um, that people can take. Um, so step number one. Find five minutes a day to breathe. You don't have to meditate. You don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to do anything super special. But if you take five minutes just to breathe, not focusing on anything else, even if your mind wanders or what have you, taking time just to breathe and think about your breathing. Think about as you're breathing in, you know, thinking about all the positive things that you want to see in your life. As you're breathing out, uh, thinking about the stress or the tension or the whatever that you want to let go of. Breathing is so healing and often we are holding our breath and being tense without even realizing it. And so just taking those five minutes to breathe and sit with our breath and to appreciate the involuntary systems and work in our body that happen without us having to make it happen, without us having to think about it, um, as a reminder that, you know, our lives are precious, that, you know, even if we aren't doing 800 things, that sometimes things will take care of themselves. Um, and that we don't have to do everything. We don't have to be in charge of everything and be in control of everything. Wanting to be in control of everything is usually a trauma response. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other episode too. Um, but yes, just finding five minutes. One thing that I do that helps me to, uh, implement a new habit or try to do something new or add something into my routine is attaching it to something that I already do. So my goal, and this works like 99% of the time, 
unless I get super distracted, is to breathe in and as soon as I wake up, um, I reach for my phone. It's, <laughs> it's normal. It's my habit. Um, but I've turned that habit into a positive because before I get out of bed, I try to make sure that I do my 10-minute morning meditation. So before I go to the bathroom, before I see what my cat wants, before I do any of that stuff. I may, you know, look at my notifications or whatever from overnight, but I make sure that before I leave my bed, I do my meditation because I'm going to wake up every morning. Well, prayerfully I will. And so if I can attach meditating to that time in the morning where I lay in bed and kind of get myself together before I get up anyway, then I will be starting my day on a positive note and a way and in a mindful way that can help me get grounded and get ready for the day. If you want to attach it to while you're brushing your teeth and or washing your face or, you know, using the bathroom for the first time in the morning or when you lay in bed at night, attaching it to something you already do can be a helpful tool for success. So yeah, find five minutes a day to breathe. It could be five minutes in the morning and five minutes in the evening, five minutes at lunchtime, five minutes on your commute, five minutes whenever you decide. Um, but make sure that you invest five minutes of your 24 hours to just breathe and just be for a little bit. So that's tip number one. Tip number two, um, dream. And I don't mean the kind where you're asleep and you know, you're being chased by purple horses and you know, then you fly off into the sunset but the kind where you, again, take five minutes and imagine if the world could look any way you wanted it to. Take some time and revel in that. Feel the, the joy in the possibilities. Expand your mind and allow that to be a source of motivation, something that says, hmm, I might not may be able to make this whole big, huge picture happen, but what pieces can I bring into my reality? What spaces in this can I implement into my own space? And open yourself up to a world that you deserve, to possibilities and pieces and things that you can bring into your life, that you can manifest into your space. Oftentimes as little kids, people ask us what we want to be when we grow up. And, you know, we have these fabulous ideas and, you know, we draw a million pictures of ourselves as a superhero or as a football player or as, you know, a doctor or as whatever we dream of being. 
based on, you know, the idea that we've seen or based on someone that we've met that impacted our lives. And as we get older, we stop dreaming or we, you know, we call that sort of imagination, you know, child's play. But we're all still children in so many ways. We have inner children in us that want to still dream and want to still play and need to. Um, But we get so caught up in our adult world that doesn't make time and space for that. But yeah, take some time to dream. Take some time to, yeah, say for a few minutes, I'm going to be that superhero in my mind. I'm going to be that world-famous author that writes stories that change people's lives. I'm going to be that uh, that healing agent or that doctor or that whatever. And again, you might not decide, hmm, yeah, I'm going to go to medical school. But there might be other ways of healing that you have the capacity to do. And maybe that's what that childhood dream was calling you to. It might not be healing in the traditional doctor sense, but there is something within our dreams as kids that our soul tends to be calling us toward. So those are my two suggestions for right now. Um, Take five minutes to breathe and take five minutes to dream because you are worth the time and investment. You are worth beautiful things happening. You are worth the peace and the care that you can invest in yourself and that you can bring to yourself even when it doesn't seem like it or feel like it. And that's really all I'm trying to encourage you to do and think about because we are all tired. We are all feeling it. We are all wrestling in some way, shape, or form with the previous normal and the temporary normal and what will be the new normal. And it's okay to acknowledge that. It's okay to admit that. And then we decide, how do I move forward? How do I make changes? And it might not be a 180 degree turn right now, but 10 minutes a day investing in yourself and in your self-care can start to make all the difference in the world. And so as we close, we are going to share our three deep breaths and our affirmation for the day. So as we breathe in, we are going to breathe in and receive the love from ourselves that not only pushes us to survive, but to thrive, to dream, to live. The self-love that is there, even if we don't always tap into it or recognize it, even if we don't know it's there, that's what we're going to breathe in right now. And as we exhale, we are going to release old mindsets and old ways of seeing ourselves and seeing the world 
and make space for something new. Because whether we want to or not, whether we accept it or not, new is happening all around us. New is being birthed every single second as things are changing and transitioning. And so the best way to live into that is to make space for the new and even begin to create and be the agent of change for what you want the new to look like. So we're breathing in and we're receiving all of that love from the self, your highest self, the divine, God, whomever it is that you draw from for strength, and then releasing the old in order to make space for the new. So breathing in and breathing out. Breathing in and breathing out. And it's okay to make noise when you breathe out. Last time, breathing in and breathing out. I affirm that I am worth the change that I will make in my life. I affirm that I am worth the change that I will make in my life. And baby, you are worth it. Even if no one's ever told you that, even if you don't feel it, you don't see it, you don't fully understand it. Your inherent value has nothing to do with your bank account, nothing to do with your relationship status, nothing to do with your job title. It has everything to do with the fact that you exist and that someone, somewhere, some divine, larger than life, bigger than you entity, decided that you needed to be a thing. You needed to exist and to live and to enter this world as you in this time and in this space for some purpose. That is what gives you worth and value. That is why you are here and that is what makes you amazing. And until next time, remember to breathe, remember to dream. And as always, whenever you can, navigate artfully.